And welcome to episode four of Tech Talk Thursday. My guests this week include Stephen P. DeFalco, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Creation Technologies, who's here to talk about their latest acquisition of applied technical services. And David Bennett from Bentech, who will show us some of the latest safety and monitoring equipment every EMS factory will need to install. Plus, we have some breaking news. That's the lineup. Now let's get on with the show. Okay, today my first guest is Stephen DeFalco from Creation Technologies. Creation Technologies is a tier two manufacturer with 12 locations around the United States and China. Today, they're announcing the acquisition of applied technical services, adding a further two locations with five lines and over 300 employees to their portfolio. Stephen joins me today to discuss the acquisition. Nice to see you, Stephen. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Good. So tell me a little bit about uh, the acquisition. What, is it, what does it bring to Creation Technology? Where, where is the synergies? Yeah, so this, this acquisition is definitely uh, sitting to, um, sticking to our knitting. Right? So Creation focuses on the high reliability markets, aerospace and defense, medical and tech industrials. And so ATS has a similar culture serving a similar set of customers. We look for the medium volume, uh, high complexity work that's in the marketplace. And this deepens our presence in the Pacific Northwest and gives us a second site in Mexico. Right, that's great. So uh, that, as you said, it brings you into, it gives you a second site in Mexico for it takes your, presumably so you can do sort of um, slightly higher volumes and that type of thing. Um, so that's great. So. Tell me a little bit about your acquisition strategy. Is this part of an ongoing strategy or is this just a strategic acquisition? Yes, I mean, very much. Our strategy is really, um, you know, focusing on those three verticals and having outstanding customer service. And so uh, last year we won four awards from Circuit Assembly and uh, ATS actually won five in their size category. So this is a, wow. a bringing together of two strong companies uh, who we think have a distinctive uh, set of capabilities. It, it's not really a cost or a synergy-based acquisition uh, as much as it is bringing together the two strong partners. Now, having said that, we'll have a little bit more scale in the supply chain. Uh, that certainly helps us on the purchasing side. Uh, we have a, a, a national business development team. We can plug the ATS efforts into that. Um, and uh, obviously, they'll have some customers who, who need some support in China. We can bring that to them. Uh, and we have uh, more customers who certainly uh, need an opportunity uh, to tap into the Mexico low-cost region. Right. And so having that second site helps us there. So it's really about, it starts, as a strategy starts with customer service, and then this acquisition helps support that as opposed to it's an acquisition-led strategy. It's right. really a strategy about serving our customers well. Okay. Well, if you both won, uh, you know, uh, Circuit Technology Awards, then you're obviously customer focused. Uh, did you have any history with ATS before this? Uh, we've been working with the founder, George Hamilton, an incredibly talented guy who's uh, staying on. Uh, we, we had started building a relationship with him really uh, early last summer, uh, making sure the culture really made sense and making sure this made sense for George. And, um, and so it's really been through this process that we've built that capability. Right. One thing that's emerged from this, these recent crises actually uh, affecting our industry is the drive towards regionalization to mitigate the risk. With this in mind, do you have plans to expand your reach to Europe? Um, not immediately. Uh, we, we do find the European market is uh, quite a bit different 
And so, uh, you know, putting the, the companies together, it's, it's, you know, most of our customers have already found a European solution. And so don't know that they would turn to us for that uh, just because we, we had a combination there. Uh, I, I would probably see an investment um, going forward in Southeast Asia, like a Vietnam or a Malaysia, uh, probably more than a Europe, just because I think that's more what our customers are asking for. Right. I mean, obviously, this uh, COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way that we're all working. Uh, so what steps have you taken particularly to protect your workforce? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. So um, in, in all our facilities, uh, we've redesigned them. Uh, to reduce, reduce flow and interaction, which is different than our culture. We're very team-based. So we had to figure out how do we hold on to that team-based culture to serve customers, but, you know, let people manage it uh, remotely, obviously uh, cleaning, and then obviously uh, being very flexible with employees. Um, you know, some employees symptomatic and, and uh, making sure that their healthcare is fine, but more importantly, the disruption in their home life. Uh, single parents who have children who aren't in school and uh, other situations where we needed to show uh, flexibility for our employees and support them through this. And so, uh, you know, I feel blessed. We have uh, 2,700 employees around the world, now, now 3,200 employees around the world. And, and most have really rallied and, and worked with us and, and tried to do what we can to make sure that our customer service stayed at the levels we needed to during this while making sure that they're safe and healthy. Are a lot of your back office working from home then? Uh, you know, the, the, designers, the buyers, that type of thing? Uh, yes, yes. And, and so we have uh, some are working from home who can. Uh, other we put on what we call our silver and gold team. So they alternate a week in the office, a week at home. And this way, when they're in the office, the density of the desks in the conference room is cut by at least half. And so, um, you know, we're finding that that gives people the right combination uh, of, uh, quite frankly, some structure and the ability to interact with their team. Uh, but the ability to be at home, you know, half of the time. And so uh, we've done that um, site by site, uh, evaluated that situation. What about other things? Like, um, are you adding extra shifts to reduce the number of people on the floor at one time? Or are you putting in temperature sensors or anything like this? Uh, many, many of those things. So one of the things we've done most importantly is we've separated the shifts. So we make sure that shift one leaves the building before shift two arrives. So there's no overlap in the parking lot, overlap in the locker rooms, um, anything like that. We've made certain doors entrance only and other doors exit only, uh, again, to just reduce the uh, density of people walking past each other. And um, so we've taken a number of those steps. Uh, shift, shift patterns have definitely uh, changed, uh, but most of that has been uh, either uh, restrictions put us by the local government uh, or, you know, a, customer changes in demand. We serve a lot, of, a lot of medical device customers, and some of them are seeing surging demand, uh, particularly any of those who are fighting the virus, and we have a lot of products that, that are in that fight. Uh, but by the same token, we have other customers in the medical field who have elective surgery products. Um, all of those elective surgeries around the world are being delayed. And so we're seeing a softening of demand. And so our ship patterns are mostly based on making sure we keep up with whatever our customers need. Right, okay. So you've got a fairly um, high-tech uh, production facility. You've got a lot of state-of-the-art equipment. Uh, what sort of, um, are you looking at introducing any areas of automation into your process you know, to, to, again, reduce the manpower on the floor, but um, uh, improve the automation and, and uh, the reliability factors? We, we are, yeah. So there's a number of places where we'll be making uh, 
uh, investments. Uh, we definitely run a high mix line. Again, our, our customers, medium volume, high mix, very complex products. And so you have to apply automation smartly. Uh, we don't set up an SMT run, line and run the same board on it for a month. Uh, maybe we run the same board on it for four hours. Right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we are looking at some of the um, X-ray uh, real inventory systems, uh, which we think would be interesting. There's also some new technology in the wave solder area that's more designed for a high mix line like ours. And so those are uh, two of the areas we're, we're looking to um, improve. And then also um, uh, having more electronic connection to our supply base so that we can work with them in real time uh, with a, a little less manual interactions, phone calls, faxes, emails, and right. making sure that we're making the IT investments through that down the road. Great. Okay. Now I've got one final question for you. I, I was looking through your website and I saw that you had a, a risk mindshare uh, dynamic. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Is that a communication strategy? And if so, how much visibility do you offer your OEM customers? Uh, well, we work intimately with our OEM customers. We're on the phone with them usually uh, two or three times a day. And we have uh, individual customer-focused teams that take care of them. And uh, we're always you know, doing what we can to understand risk and to manage risk um, and staying very in touch with them. And, you know, right now, as you can imagine, some, some customers surging, other customers seeing softness in their demand. And then we try to manage that all the way back to the supply chain. Uh, obviously, that's all being impacted by COVID uh, to make sure that we stay on top of those things. And so I think the fact that we have that program in place has probably uh, prepped us to be resilient and agile through this period. Right, right. Great. Well, it seems that you've got a, a, a smooth running operation there. I want to thank you for uh, telling us about your latest acquisition and uh, wish you every success with it. Thank you for joining us I today. I appreciate that. We're very, very excited about this acquisition. ATS is going to be a great member of the creation family. And uh, we look to really unlock that for our customers. Thank you for spending this morning with me. Great. Thank you. It's getting harder to stand out from the crowd. Get the recognition your new product deserves at the Global Technology Awards. There are lots of categories to choose from, and the companies are free to enter as many categories as they like. This year's award ceremony will be held at SMTA International, or if it's canceled or postponed, then it will be held online. Come and join us in toasting the cream of the crop in Chicago or in the comfort of your own home. Next guest today is David Bennett. He runs a global distribution company out of the UK called Bentec. Uh, Bentec has recently introduced a whole range of new protective equipment and testing equipment for the workforce as they come back to work. Uh, these include temperature sensors and, and all sorts of other uh, pieces of uh, equipment. Uh, Dave Bennett joins me now. Nice to see you, Dave. Hey, Trevor. Uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about some of these pieces of equipment that you're bringing in. And is this something that every company is going to need to implement uh, in, in, as they come back to work from this uh, COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, that's going to be an interesting thing, Trevor, because um, it, I guess at the moment it's a choice of the company. You know, if they want to um, prove they've done their due diligence and they're looking after their workforce, then... Of course, they need some sort of measure because if you bring all your staff back and you let in 
one person that's carrying the virus and is showing signs, um, you know, your whole workforce is potentially right. at risk. So I, I think more and more companies are realizing that, you know, there's a chance that we are slowly coming to the end of this terrible time. And um, having, having something in place that will ensure their, uh, their, sorry, their um, workers are being looked after to the best of their ability. I mean, they can do no more than, than put the measures there. Um, but yeah, we're, see you know, we're seeing a lot of interest. I've got um, a lot of activity in the States. Um, orders going into areas like Spain and across Europe, a lot of quilting in the UK. So I think what it is, it's, um, it's, it's the owners of the companies and the safety people within the companies realizing that, you know, for what is relatively inexpensive, because these things are not expensive at all, um, but they do give you that nice feeling that your workforce is coming through the door, they're not over temperature, and um, you know it's one step towards providing a safe working environment. So it doesn't look like it's mandatory, uh, Dave. But I would think in places, especially like like the United States, uh, it's probably quite prudent to put these types of protection in to uh, uh, protect the workforce, but also to protect the company against getting sued for um, you know uh, not looking after the workforce properly. And there's already been some cases uh, being brought up in the U.S. already. Uh, tell us some of the things that you're specifically that you're you're uh, selling well if i could share my screen with you trevor i can show you a few different things um it's not actually the widest range of products and to be honest it's not overly expensive for the for the um the manufacturer to put in place so basically what we have trevor um we have three different ways to let someone into the premises. We have a thermal gate. Um, what these are, are a camera that is uh, able to take the temperature and let somebody just walk straight through. It's got a 0 0.5 second pass. And they have alarms and they have different types of sensors. So you can have them with various options. The more advanced ones can even do dispensing of hand wipe and disinfectant spray. They can be set for adult height or children and adult height, depending again on the options and the model chosen. And uh, one of the other things which is uh, interesting is that it's all communicatable with the uh, factory system. So attendance records, um, even, even to make sure that the person coming through the gate is actually wearing their mask. Um, so, so they are quite all encompassing. And then there's a slightly um, lesser version, um, but again, it, it works perfectly well. And these are thermal sensors. And what you basically do there is you present your wrist or your forehead close to a sensor, which is on the side of the door itself. So you walk up to it, raise your wrist to it, it immediately uh, reads the temperature and gives you a good or bad signal to go through. And the other version is actually access control cameras. And these look very much like uh, a large cell phone and again they're quite advanced different levels I've, I've got some examples of it further in this presentation and again they they are fully communicatable with the um with the factory um databases so things like attendance records and uh, they can do the mask recognition and they have all the other features the alarms etc so there's three ways that the um that the potential customer can go 
The last one, the access control cameras, they tend to be fitted on a turnstile. But of course, you could have a thermal gate and a turnstile set behind it so that when you go through the thermal gate, if it says no, the turnstile stays shut. And if it says yes, then the turnstile would open and they can pass through. Right. Okay. Uh, so this is the first one. Now, this is quite an elaborate looking piece of equipment. Uh, what are we looking at here? Yeah, Trevor, this is the this is the top of the range as far as we're carrying at the moment. This one can do virtually everything. It's got a, a you basically walk into a cubicle here, and once you're inside the cubicle, it does the whole um, set of, of inspections. It will look at the temperature. It will check to see that you're wearing a mask. It has dispensing gel capability, so you can wipe it. It, is, it even has dispensing spray capability so you can physically spray each person coming through. Um, and it, it's, it's about three times the price of a standard gate, but even then it's, it's not a huge amount of money. And uh, it, is the, it is the sort of top of the range version. So this is the top of the range version, Dave. What's, uh, what is the next version uh, down from that that they can get? Ah, okay, so this looks much more like a, as you said earlier, a cell phone. Yes. Uh, with yeah. a, a camera on the top. Uh, does that have some sort of recognition system there? Yes, it, has full, it, it does face recognition. It makes sure that you've got the mask on, it checks the temperature, and it will also um, mark you in for attendance. So when you've arrived and when you leave, etc. Wow. So there's a range of these. And here's another one with a, a bit more explanation of all the different technologies involved. And there's a higher end one, which will allow you to use ID cards and IC cards as well. It's an extra function. So these, these typically would, would, would sit onto a turnstile and the turnstile would be operated go or, or refused based on the result coming from this sensor. They have, they have flexible mounts, et cetera. I mean, do you, do you think there's an appetite in the West here for, for uh, things like facial recognition? I mean, you know, there's a lot of that goes on. I know the Chinese are used to it now because of the, the way the state runs, but uh, I would think with people uh, concerned about their, their privacy, I mean, wouldn't, is that not an issue over here? I'm sure it is, Trevor. I mean, you know, I, I'm still amazed that people don't see the benefits of identity cards, but, you know, it's, right. uh, you know, each, each person, I always feel if you've got nothing to hide, what does it matter? I mean, with the, with the digital world we live in, does anybody actually think they're not on the radar? But yeah. You know, yeah. At, at the end of the day, if, if someone has a, 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 a case against uh, having their face recognized or something, um, then they can take it up with the employer. But the employer is looking after their, their, you know, their, their needs here. He's making sure that either they won't infect their colleagues or they will not be infected by their colleagues to the best of their mm -hmm. ability. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and there's, a, there's another version I guess without facial recognition, or yes, there's a. Uh, well, well here, here's the other gate. gate. This is similar to the first gate that we had, um, but these are standalone gates, very easy, just literally plug them into the wall. And what they do is you have two ways. This one um, is, is the version with a camera built inside, and this style is where they're using the sensor on the side. So this one, you would literally just walk straight up to it. And if the alarm doesn't go off, you carry on into work. Okay. This one, you walk up to it and you present your wrist or your forehead to the sensor 
and it does exactly the same. It, it checks within uh, a couple of seconds and says pass or stop, and an alarm goes off if it fails. And the only real difference you've got with all of these is that this one has both technologies, sensor and camera. This is camera. These are, are present your wrist or forehead. These are all camera. And the only other difference why these are duplicated is they also have sensors at child height. Because obviously, you know, if you've got children going into a school, it's no good having a sensor that's five foot plus tall. You need a, you need a sensor that's at child height. So there's an extra option um, to have it doing different heights. And these things can be tight, can be connected to doors or gates. So that it, yes, yeah, they they basically go to a full range of gates and doors. Here you can see, um, you can have the swing arm gates, you can have the, the wing gates and the open and shut gates. We've all been used to these at airports, etc. They communicate directly to them, and it's literally just a go no go signal. Excellent, excellent. So tell me, Dave. I mean, uh, that's all very interesting, but I mean. How are you uh, communicating with customers at the moment? Because from uh, some of the surveys we've been doing, they're not allowing any, any salespeople into the, into the company. In fact, some of them are not even allowing visitors at a period into the company. Uh, they're doing things like virtual tours and that type of thing. Yeah, that's true, Trevor. I mean, we've, you know, we've been dealing with customers um, with some of our product lines here in the UK and doing... Um, Team viewer training, installation support, training support, even evaluations. Um, right. the, the, you know, as you know, one of the major lines I carry is the Miratech range, which you know I was mm -hmm. the president for 12 years, and I have the whole Miratech team working with me now. And right. my team have been doing various different um, support and and uh, training, and even evaluations throughout this period of time. And the good news is we can literally jump on the machine with an operator sat with um, a set of earphones on connected to the machine and he can hear what our guys are saying to him. And at the same time, they're able to, um, to learn, to, to use the machine, to interact with the engineer. It really is no difference than our guy being sat beside him. Um, but but I mean, uh, TeamView is good though for, for looking at uh, taking over a screen and looking at software. Um, what about if you have to look inside the machine? Are, are they using some sort of a, you know, their cell phone or, or their, their mobile phone uh, to, to look inside the, the machine itself? Uh, yes. I mean, that's the only way you can do it. I mean, they can, they can do something using something like FaceTime or whatever they, they wish to use. And our guys can see what they're looking at, say, move to the right, look up there or whatever they want to right. do. Uh, lucky enough... <laughs> Touching wood as I speak, we, we have very little uh, issues with the, uh, with the actual hardware. It's typically because they're, they're such intelligent machines, going back to the Miratech again, that it's 90% intelligence built into a box. So if something goes wrong, it's, it's typically someone's made an error with um, you know, loading their, their program or, or something. And it's very easy for us to fix that. It's, it's quite rare for us to see a hardware issue. Yeah. Well, it certainly changed times, Dave, um, you know, and yeah. uh, hopefully we, we all um, come out of this the other end <laughs> and uh, uh, things start to return to normal at some point. But uh, these are definitely some great solutions you've been showing us today. Uh, and I, I want to thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure, Trevor. And uh, you stay safe, my friend. Coming up after the break.
we have some exciting breaking news. The electronics industry has always been at the forefront of innovation, affecting every aspect of our lives. But innovation comes with a price. The pressure to deliver new products without compromising on quality and time to market demands a new approach to electronic PCB design and manufacturing. Valor Digital Manufacturing Solutions drive intelligence throughout the entire design to manufacturing flow, enabling smarter, more efficient introduction of products to market. what could the future of trade shows and conferences look like in a post-COVID-19 world. One of my panelists informed us that one of the largest trade shows in the world, the Canton Fair in China, which regularly attracts around 1.2 million visitors, will be held virtually this year. SEMI, who have seen so many of their events disrupted this year, have just announced that SEMICON West in San Francisco, slated for July 21st through 23rd, will also be held virtually. Next week on this show, we'll be interviewing the SEMI team and finding out exactly what this means and how it will work. Don't miss Tech Talk Thursday next week. But for now, thank you for watching, stay safe and goodbye. Global SMT and Packaging opens the windows of the world to bring you the latest news and technologies from Munich, from Bangalore, from Shanghai, from San Diego.